Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I just woke up feeling real dangerous. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You know, wherever you guys get in podcasts, just give us a five-star review, and we really do appreciate that a lot. I'm your host, Kamei Amrabian, today, and really, honestly, I'm not going to be talking to you guys for much longer, because today, um, of course, after your massive blizzard that you experienced on Saturday morning, I was joined by Moses Madu to talk about a lot of things sooner as... Um, just his time in Norm- at Norman High growing up, you know, being a Norman product and getting to play for the Sooners, going to the 2008 thing, and then just a lot of other things we got to talk to Moses about. Just some, We had some fun. We had a lot of good times talking about random things. And there are, of course, other things that we need to talk about, such as Creed Humphrey actually returning to the University of Oklahoma. Like I said, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, this next year has a pretty decent shot to be special for the Oklahoma Sooners on offense and defense, both sides of the ball. Yeah, with all those guys returning, so it should be fun. But, again, today I was joined by Moses Madu, and it was a telephone call, so the sound quality isn't as awesome as what you're listening to right now, but it's certainly there, and uh, it's a big shout-out to Moses for actually coming on and talking about a bunch of stuff, so here it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, today we're joined by Moses Madu. Thanks for coming on. No problem, man. So, Moses, you're a Norman High product. You, when of course, went to the University of Oklahoma, spent some time in the NFL and CFL and doing a bunch of things. Um, but first, let's just go back to the beginning. Like, Tell me about your recruitment and how that all worked out in the early, mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Well, um... I don't know. Recruiting was crazy for me because it started 
so late compared to everybody else. I mean, I didn't get my first offer until my third game of the my senior year, and that came from UCLA. Um, I really didn't start getting any looks until, like I said, I probably say about the beginning of my senior year. Well, I went to when I was a sophomore. I went to OU's football camp, and um, I went to actually as a, as a corner. Just through a mm-hmm. program that Norman High does every year, where they give um, they send two kids from Norman High, two football players, to the OU football camp, and it's just, it's like a sponsored you know deal. Um, and so I got, I got, I got chosen to do that and went to it. So it worked. It was really cool though. And actually, um, they, I was actually getting recruited as a corner for a little bit by OU, uh, because of that camp. I did so well at it. And, um, who was it that was recruiting me as a coach? He became the head coach. I think it was at Nebraska after he was, he was both leaning. Uh, yeah. Coach Polini. Yep. Coach Polini was recruiting me. I remember him there. And, um, and, and then, like, there wasn't much traction at all, and I didn't hear nothing else up until my senior year. And that's whenever um, – it kind of was all just myself. Like, I would um, – I had two VCRs, and I would hit stop and record and, and make my own cut-ups and, you know, got my film out and things like that. Um, me and Ryan Burroughs and my brother Chica, we would all, like, get as much game from as we could and kind of just trade games from amongst each other, and we'd all sit there and make our face and get them out. You know, I think Ryan being so highly recruited also helped me out as well. You know, people would come and, and see me playing as well. So, but yeah, like I said, mm-hmm. man, um, it, it was crazy how it happened. Cause I, I mean, I was just, was for sure I was going to be a Juco guy or maybe end up at like UCO, you know, going through my senior year. But um, it, it definitely was a blessing, you know, the way school started coming in and looking at me and offering me. If maybe you didn't get an OU offer, uh, what school do you think would have been second on your list? Um, so it was uh, between OU, UCLA, and TCU. Uh, and at one point, actually, I was going to decommit from OU to go to UCLA. Um, it was after DeMarco Murray had committed. And I knew we were going to be going mm-hmm. in, you know, three running backs deep, me, him, and that CB, Chris Brown. And so, you know, just being the smart person, like, I'm going in with three running backs. That's not, you know, the odds of that. You know, it's, it's, uh, plus mm-hmm. DeMarco Murray being number one guy coming out and things like that. So, and I actually wanted to decommit. And I was going to, but. Um, Eric Bieniemy was the guy who was recruiting me at the time from UCLA. He's actually with Kansas City now, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And um, he was um, recruiting me at the time, and he had left to go to the Minnesota Vikings. And I was like, man, that's the only coach I really knew on staff. You know, he's the one who was recruiting me. We had, a, we had a good relationship. We talked a lot, you know, and I wanted to be coached by him. But he left to go be with the Minnesota Vikings with Adrian Peterson in Minnesota, actually. And so I just ended up staying at OU. So. Talk about being a Norman kid, playing for OU. What's that like? Because not everybody gets that feeling. You know, you go to school, you go to high school just down the street from the university in the stadium. You know, mm-hmm. what's that feeling like to actually go play for the seniors? Man, it's it's cool. It's it's amazing. It's a blessing. Um, it's hard to explain because, like I said, growing up literally in, in the shadow of OU, you know, you're right there. You see it all the time. You drive by it all the time, you know, and – People love OU. I didn't like OU like that, like most people growing up. But it, it like now I have more appreciation being a hometown kid, of course, and I'm alumni and, and older. You know, at the time, I don't think I appreciated it much because it was just like, hey, I'm getting recruited by them. You know, I'm good enough to play here. But now, you know, I definitely see how big of a deal that is, especially being from Norman, because not very many guys from Norman have got the privilege to go to OU before me. It was J.C. Thatcher, um, 
Tyrell Peters, a couple, you know, maybe a handful of guys I could think of. So that it was really cool, man. Especially you, you know, you walk around and people know you and things like that, and it's really cool. So, what was it like to play for Coach Stoops and Coach Gundy? I believe wasn't Kel Gundy your running back coach at the time? Yeah, yeah, Coach Gundy was. Yeah, I loved it. Coach Stoops is the most down to earth guy you'll ever meet. I tell like people ask me about him all the time, and I was like, man, I love Coach Stoops. I would never say a bad thing about him. You know, um, he's, he's a great man, God fearing guy, and he always made sure we knew OU's history. You know, we, we knew. OU's background and, you know, the great coaches before him and the players that came before us who laid the foundation for us. You know, he made sure we knew everything about OU Texas and OU Nebraska rivalry and things like that. And also he just preached just being a good a good man to us. You know, so I, I really – I love Coach Stoops. And to this day, every time he sees me, we have a conversation. Most how you doing? Anything you need, let me know, you know. And he's, I love him. You know, mm-hmm. same for Coach Gundy. You know, I still talk to Coach Gundy every now and then. And whenever we talk, it's all good. Like, come, come watch his practice. You know, he's always trying to get me to come watch a practice, things like that. So, I have nothing bad to say about him. You know, and they gave me a chance to come play at OU. I'll forever be grateful. Did you ever ask Coach Gundy about his eyebrows and lack thereof? <laughs> you know what? I don't remember. It's funny because um, when I was in school with him, I don't remember him being that bad. But now I see him like, God damn, Coach Gundy. Like, <laughs> what is going on with like? I don't know if it's, you know, the years have passed and he looks that way, but I might ask him what I might work up the courage to do so because he needs to get something done with him. <laughs> <laughs> Some implants or something, man. <laughs> yeah, he needs to draw him on, do something, you know. There's all kinds of things that women do nowadays. She can get done and make him look real, you know. <laughs> I don't know if he needs to dye his eyebrows or what, but something needs to be done. So tell me about that 2018 that you got to be a part of. I mean, you guys are a part of, like, at that time, the most dominant in electric offense in really cultural history. Yeah. You, DeMarco, CB, loaded backfield, and just Sam Bradford yeah. and all that stuff. Just tell me about the feeling of that 2008 team and going to the national title and, of course, eventually not winning it against Tim Tebow. But what was that whole feeling like and what was the situation like? Man, that game, I mean, that team, it, it was – like, it was ridiculous how stacked we were from top to bottom at every single position. And, I mean, it, it's just the talent we had. Our O-line was amazing. We called them 1-5, uh, <laughs> the, big, the big hogs up front. I mean, it's just Coop, Big Phil, B-Walk, you got Trent. And even we had guys who rotated in, Brandon Braxton. I mean, B-Sims, like the guys we had to rotate in could have gone anywhere and started as well, you know. And we had our tight ends, Jermaine, Brody Eldridge, fullback Matt Clapp, and our receivers it was freaking good, too. Ryan, Joaquin Iglesias, Quinn Chaney. Uh, was Malcolm Kelly there? Yeah, Malcolm Kelly. Was Malcolm there? Manny Johnson. I think he left a year early. I think he left. He did. Yeah, he left the year before that. But, I mean, just, like, our depth. And even our defense. Like, our defense was, man. Our defense was so dang good, and it's just the talent we had and, and, and the way we worked and how much we pushed each other in practice that year and, you know, and, and everything we did to get to that point, the way we, we ran through the Big 12. And, of course, we lost we lost early to Texas. And um, But, I mean, it's just it, – it, I look back all the time, like, that team was so dang good, man. And I think about that, the nice championship game a lot because people always bring it to my attention. And, you know, so it's – it sucks. It's tough, but 
this is one of the things that happens, man. You know, we get to what three yard line a few times and we can't score. And it just mm-hmm. hurts. You know, oh, it hurts. But that team was just and we had what, three guys go in the top four from that team, top four of the draft, and we had Jermaine Gresham go later on in the first. I mean I don't know if you'll ever see that happen again. Three guys within the top four picks from the same school. It's crazy. Who are the biggest leaders and or maybe personalities on that squad? Um, the biggest leaders, I mean, you definitely gotta say Sam. Sam was Sam is like the definition of a quarterback to me. I mean, it's a guy who's a leader, um, a great guy. And you go out there, like he never cussed, but he'll be like, When you go get this ball? We're gonna freaking ram it down. I thought you were gonna score right now. <laughs> so he'd be like, Yeah, let's do it this sound. Like it's just the way he the way he led us, you know, and he wasn't like a big hoorah guy, but you know, when he talks, we all listen. And, and also like how hard he worked. And I saw my like I saw my workouts are no joke, man. Like the toughest in the nation and, and the way he would go in every day and bust his tail, you know, make all his times to be up in the front of the line running with all of us, with the, all the skill guys, you know, in the front. Like you just respect that. Um and um, you know, the leaders on defense, of course, you had Gerald McCoy. Um we had a lot of guys back there, man, that that were really great leaders for us. Kenny Clayton, things like that, guys you know you could depend on. Um who else we had what Nick Harris back there? Um mm-hmm. Quentin, uh Q Carter. I mean, like the list goes on, man. Our defense was so good. Um and I mean we had and now as far as like goofy guys and you know, just the, the character guys, we had so many of those. Um <laughs> Like every football team is gonna have them, and we had so many. I mean, Trent Williams was a, was a, was a clown. I mean, he's as funny as it gets, man. Um, Manny Johnson was funny. Joaquin Glaciers was funny in his own way. Um, Adrian Taylor is a clown. We had we had so many guys that are just goofballs, you know. But um, like what comes to mind is definitely the O line and D line. That was probably the most the, the biggest clowns we had on the team between those guys. So what are just some memories that stick out to you about your, you know, your years at OU, either them being some great memories, some funny memories, some bad memories? What are some things that stick out to you? Um, the memories the most definitely just being around the guys, I'd say, our summer workouts because they were so hard. Like the stuff we did, I look back and I'm like, I don't know how, one, I didn't die, you know, how I even made the workouts or like, you know, like, it was so bad, guys. So we had to walk across um, Jenkins to get to the indoor where we worked out. And guys mm-hmm. would be like, if I got hit by a car right now, I wouldn't care. Like, please hit me. I did not want to go through this workout. I'd rather be in a hospital bed laid up than have to do these summer workouts. Like, I mean, they absolutely killed us. So, it, you know, just memories of just being in those workouts and guys not being able to make their times. And uh, the coaches just young screaming at them. And, you know, like just – Funny stories, um, like one comes to mind, we used to do um, these little hurdles, like these steel hurdles on the ground. We call them shin busters. And uh, you have to jump over them at a, at a fast pace or probably like a couple yards in between each other. And I remember uh, we had one one workout where Sam Bradford tripped on it and landed on his chest. <laughs> and it was like a oh, sound. He was hurting. And we had a, an offensive lineman do the same thing, Eric Mensick, who also was a big clown. I remember him landing on it before, and it's just like funny stories. It just guys like, <laughs> just so many. But we like we have group chats. We're all in together. Got all us guys from OU, and and we talk about summer workouts all the time. And it's just, just, just a lot of crazy stuff that went on those workouts, man. 
And I know you guys had different times that you guys would work out. Is there, did you guys ever get an inkling of what was to come for your workouts during the Oh, morning? yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we had, a lot of the time, I was in the early group. That was the, um, the 550 workout. Um, so we, we were like the first group of the day. So we, but we were the guinea pig group. He would see how we would do and kind of base the rest mm-hmm. of the workouts off of that, whether it be, you know, changing up times a little bit or things like that. But then uh, one year, I think I, what, what, I think it was like the 745 group I was in AM. So, you know, as we were walking into the indoor, we were looking at the guys, and they would give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down, you know, like, and then you get that thumbs down, that's bad news. You better get your mind right. You know, like, Smitty's in one of them moves. <laughs> you get that thumbs down, all you do is shake your head, like, Lord, be with me today. Like, and, 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 I mean, that was a lot of the days of the weekend. And we would also ask our um, athletic therapists, like, hey, what do we do today? Like, you know, what kind of mood is Smitty in? Guys out there dying. They would let us know, like, hey. You better, you better be on your P's and Q's today. Smitty's on it. Like, <laughs> so like, we would always ask around and just try and get, you know, get a clue as to what would happen. Right. So, I mean, after all that stuff at OU and being a Norman, I know you eventually moved on to play some professional ball both in the United States yeah. and Canada. And a lot of people, yeah. you know, I think like just normal people in general, they don't no, not many people get the right or the chance to even play in either one of those leagues. You got to do both. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. what's it like to go with the NFL? What's it like to play in the CFL? And what what's different yeah. between those two leagues? Yes, yeah, so I was definitely blessed enough to do um, three years in the NFL um, and then six years in the CFL. So, I, um, it's the differences are, are, are pretty crazy. I remember my first, like, when I first did training camp in the CFL, my first team I was with, Hamilton Tiger Cats. I remember, like, it took – I probably was, like, in my second week of training camp. No, no, probably – it was probably a few days in training camp before I, I realized that there's only three downs. I was under the influence there was – it was four downs, but there's, there's only three downs in the CFL. So, you know, on second down, they're telling the punt team to get ready, punt return team, you know, get mm-hmm. on deck. So, I mean, it's just it, – it's such a it's, – it's, honestly, it's a way funner game to watch than, than like, the NFL because NFL is – such a slow game, you know, in the CFL, the play clock, you have a 24 second play clock, I believe it is. So, you know, I mean, from mm-hmm. play to play, you're, you're going, you know, of course we have the, the crazy motions toward the line of scrimmage, you know, guys get a 10 yard, it's called a waggle. You start 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, you start sprinting full speed at the line of scrimmage, you know, so there's always motions, there's always stuff going on and guys moving around. And um, of course, so the three downs is a big deal. The, the field goal post being in the middle of the end zone at the front of the end zone is, you know, pretty crazy. It took some getting used to for me as well. The field is wider and longer. The end zones are 20 yards um, long. So there's a lot of room to work in the end zones. And uh, also, there's no fair catch in the CFL. There's, there's, there is a five-yard halo rule, though. So guys have to be at five yards, you know, five yards away from the, from the punt returner. And I actually like that because it, it makes the return game that much funner, you know. Mm-hmm. It, there's going to be a return every single time. And we have, I mean, a lot of good return men. Like um, from my team, Monado, Deontay Spencer, um, he was played with the Denver Broncos this year. And he actually, this was his first year as rookie year with Denver. And he actually was a um, Pro Bowl alternate. alternate. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of good guys in this league. I tell people all the time, like the CFL is what I would say. All, the, all of us guys have the same story. We played in the NFL for a couple of years. We have a lot of guys who even started in the NFL. You know, but for whatever reason, they end up in the CFL. You know, NFL stands for not for long. <laughs> it don't last forever. 
So guys are always mm-hmm. coming to the CFL in hopes of getting back to the NFL, getting some good game film, you know, things like that. But um, sometimes it don't work out. So you end up like me, you know, just staying in the CFL. Make, you make good money. You can live off it. You know, you, you have fun. You're doing what you love to do. You're playing football for a living. And Canadians love football. I mean, for – so I was with – the last team I was with, I was with them for four seasons. And my first three seasons with them, we sold out every home game. So, I mean, like – they're doing better numbers than some of the NFL teams. When I was in Tampa, our home game sucked, you know? <laughs> like, we, yeah. we would have more more fans from the other team in the stands than, you know, what we had. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a great league. And I tell people all the time as well, like, I would also describe it as, like, Division One compared to Division Two. Like, the only difference between Division One and Two is really in the trenches, your O-line and D-line. The skilled players are all mm-hmm. going to be, you know, of the same talent pool. You know, because there's plenty of us running backs and receivers and things like that. But where, you, where the difference really is is up front, the D-line and O-line. And that's fair, too. And when you can see it, like, you know, the Division Two or FCS national title game is today. And really the only thing yeah. you notice that's really is in the trenches, like you just said. So that yeah, makes, exactly. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was actually no. watching that game, too, before this call, and I, I thought about that, yeah. too. Like, you know, they're going to have skill players everywhere. It's just up front. So, it's 2020. Um, of course, Bob Stoops stepped down a few years ago and kind of shocked a lot of people. And yeah. What do you think about Lincoln Rodgers today, and how shocked were you yeah. about Coach Stoops' uh, his retirement when he just, out of the blue, just during the summer, yeah. just stepped down? I remember, like, we were all – we thought it was crazy. Like, we couldn't believe it. You know, we thought Coach – you think Coach Stoops, he was going to be there, like, as long as uh, Joe Paterno was, you know, with Penn mm-hmm. State. Like, you just – you can't see the man anywhere else. You know, and I remember there were rumors going around, like his health, um, things like that, you know. But I ended up just talking to um, his son. And um, he was just telling me, like, he was just ready to be home. He was ready to be home more and be done and kind of walk away from the game and – he told me a funny story about Coach Stoops. He was like, he just saw him one day in the kitchen cleaning. <laughs> and he was like, Dad, what are you doing? And, you know, it's funny to see Coach Stoops, like, in his kitchen just cleaning, you know. But, you know, that that was his life now. Like, he, he was home all the time and, and able to just be around his kids. And so, I mean, that, that that's – I mean, I can – I perfectly see. Cause I mean, I'm the same way now. Like, I recently just re- decided to retire from the CFL as of this past November. And, you know, my thing is I just want to be around my family, you know. Um, and so I understand now I do where Coach Stoops is coming from. And to have a guy like Lincoln Riley waiting to get the keys to, like, you know, you pass it down to a great person like that, like, why not do it? You know, you know, the program's going to be in good hands. And I think Lincoln is doing an amazing job. I mean, I'm talking about a guy who's been to the playoffs now, what, this was his second, third time? Second time? The third time? Third time. Third time in the playoffs. Third yeah. time, yeah. You know, as a first-time coach. Um head coach like in, in a big time school like this so that's good you know we're, we're still some pieces away from being you know that top program but everybody knows that and we all know that we, you know we got to get some things tightened up but I think Lincoln's doing a great job I love I love what he's doing with social media as well like I don't think people talk about that enough like in today's day and age you really have to these kids are all about that social media stuff and you know what like your school, your swag, your persona, you know, how you're doing things. And he's doing an amazing job with the recruiting, you know, the recruiting tools he has at hand, especially like I think it was last year they did like the um, 
the way they announced their recruits, their their signing class with the like the record oh, yeah. player type thing. Like that was so cool to me, man. And like if I was getting recruited, like I would oh, I would eat that up, man. I would I'd be all about it. And I think they're doing an amazing job, you know, Lincoln and keeping up with the times. He's a young guy, a young, relatable guy. I think that's really good too, because kids are starting, you know, are levitating more toward that too. So did Bob have any sort of like inclination toward not using social media? And because like, you know, back in the early 2000s, I think we still had just had Facebook and not really Twitter yeah. wasn't really a thing yet. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I saw he had, like, a Twitter and stuff, but that's not him tweeting from that account. <laughs> it's somebody mm-hmm. else. You know it's what I'm saying? Like, it's not, just, it's not even his. Yeah, it's, it's his account with his name, but he doesn't even use it, you know? And I, I, don't, I don't – I just, you know, we got good recruits because we were OU. But I think now in today's time, like, we can say, yeah, we're OU, but what else do you bring to the table? These kids all love all these crazy colored jerseys and things like that. And, you know, and, like, what you're going to do and – you know, so, I mean, it's just there's so many other factors, you know. So, I think Link is doing a great job. But, like, we're talking about Coach Stoops. I just think um, – I don't want to say, like, got times got ahead of him, but I just – he just didn't have as much as a, a social media presence at the time as mm-hmm. Lincoln does now with what they do and everything. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say for, like, Guys are a little more old school, like Coach Stoops, who got a lot of his stuff from Coach Spurrier, and now you have like new yeah. age kind of coaches that are into that game. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like yeah, know, I don't sure, think exactly. you see Nick Saban being active as Lincoln Riley, you know, on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, not at all. Taking <laughs> those guys all. are the, the same, you know, the same guys. But yeah. what are some things that you know after football, after everything's done? What is, what do you do today? What is this? Oh yeah, um, I mean I'm trying to figure life out, man. I got some uh, some business things in the works right now. I um I'm kind of I I want to I'm been I've been leaning toward coaching. I really love working with kids, you know, and I love like what my high school coach did for me growing up as a young man. Like he really helped mold me in, into the man I am and my work ethic. And you know I would love to be able to do that for kids as well, and to, and just mm-hmm. someone be there for them, you know, someone they can they can relate to and. I've always loved, like, every time I've worked at football camps, I've, I've loved, you know, that, that environment and coaching. So I've been looking at coaching, you know, just maybe other things around football. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing, you know. You, you get all that as a kid, and you want to give back to maybe the community and the same thing you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, exactly. But anyways, I think that wraps us up. Thank you so much for visiting with me, Moses, and talking about yeah. you know, your time in football and just like things in the future. I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. I talk football all day, so this ain't a big deal. And that was the podcast with Moses Madu. And I just, I liked a lot of things he had to say. And, you know, I, it gave you an idea of who Sam Bradford was as a leader. I think that was pretty awesome because a lot of us, think of Sam Bradford as just kind of a quiet guy that, you know, he's an assassin, he's a mercenary that just puts the ball wherever it needed to be. And him, you know, hearing him to talk about Sam as a leader, I think that's really interesting because you don't normally hear that side about Sam Bradford. And of course, I think his recruiting story is really interesting regarding, you know, UCLA, uh, TCU, you know, he, you, he name dropped Eric B. Enemy. He was at the, the, the Chiefs right now. And who's you know, interviewing for head coaching jobs in the NFL. So just a lot of cool things that came of that. So again, really appreciate Moses for coming on. And 
Again, me and Jack are going to record another podcast, probably this coming Tuesday or Wednesday for you guys to have. So this is a nice podcast after the weekend for early next week. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.